Live from the Great White North, this is the Canadian Investor, where you take control of your own portfolio and gain the confidence you need to succeed in the markets. Hosted by Braden Dennis and Simon Belanger. What's going on, everyone? We're back with another episode of the Canadian Investor. I'm Braden Dennis, joined by Simon Belanger, and today we're going to do something a little different. Uh, first, we are going to talk about who should not be investing versus who should be investing. When's the right time to focus on paying debt versus actually investing? And then we're going to switch gears a little bit to a fun part of the show. We're going to make some bold predictions for 2020. Um, this was Simon's idea. How are you doing, Simon? Oh, I'm doing well, uh, Brayden. I'm just kind of slowly getting ready for for the holidays. Obviously, we're recording this on December 17th, so if people hear it, it might be a bit after that. But uh, yeah, just kind of finalizing my gifts and stuff like that. Nice. Yeah, I for the first time ever, I think I have bought most of my gifts before Christmas Eve. So we're making some uh, serious improvements. <laughs> so have those gifts been all uh, Amazon or what? Yeah, I did a little bit of Amazon and then uh, one little quick mall uh, outing. But I think I need to do one more mall outing for some what last couple gifts. You go to the Eaton Center? Or? The Eaton Center is just man. That place is the like that place gives me anxiety around this time of year. So I try <laughs> not to. Um, I try to coordinate on my way home from work when I have to go to the West End. There's a mall, a mall called Sherway, which is in Mississauga, okay. which is pretty good but not as mentally insane as the eaton center like uh square one if you're familiar with those malls no i only know uh, eaton center usually if i go to toronto it's always downtown so yeah yeah it's pretty cool I mean, fair enough. okay so simon who off the bat who should not be investing uh well personally if if someone has uh Debt, at least uh, debt like credit card debt, for example, which is usually really high interest in terms of like 19, 20%, uh, but generally anything above like 10%. Um, I think that's my rule that people should be uh, trying to get rid of that debt uh, before they start investing, um, mainly because it just, you know, you almost get guaranteed returns by eliminating that debt. And for investments to go do that well, I mean, it's not impossible that they will do that well. And it's actually like given the current market who knows uh but again if there's a big market correction you could you know you could feel the pain especially if you have to pay your uh your high interest debt so that's something uh people if they do have double digit debts they should focus on that first yeah i, I i'm aligned with on that number as well in this environment anything over nine ten percent you're getting into some pretty high interest loans so Credit cards, right off the bat. If you have credit card debt, what are you doing investing in the stock market? You cannot get guaranteed returns of 20 to 25% if uh, if you're investing in the stock market. You're not going to nearly get anything like that reliably compared to investing in you know your credit card debt. You could even call it like investing and putting down your debt, right? Like, <laughs> I guess you're getting a guaranteed return. 
Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I have personal experience with that. So when I was uh, probably around a bit older than you are, so late 20s, I made some bad financial decisions. I racked up some debt, so I had to uh, tackle that down. And I ended up getting a consolidation loan. Um, so that's definitely an option, especially for those who would be listening and they feel like it uh, really, they can't keep up with the payments, um, depending on your credit score and so on. But you can view different financial institutions. I think even there's uh, offices that will specialize in that as well. So if you can get that, uh, if you have a lot of uh, debt, high interest debt, 15, 20%, and it could be also student loans. I've seen those uh, that... Um, uh, interest rates being pretty high. Um, if you have a decent cre- credit score and a stable job, um, it might be worthwhile to get that refinance at a lower rate. Uh, if you can get that down from like 19, 20% to even something as like 7 or 8%, which is probably feasible in this, uh, in this environment, um, that's something I would definitely recommend that people look into that. And um, to avoid uh, those payday loans as well. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure you know a bit about them but those are usually super high interest and people when they're a bit desperate they'll do that um having read on that people end up going to family members afterwards because uh, they just kind of get over their heads um but those are some things you can do if you can't refinance uh, or your uh, consolidation loans are too high for you to keep up, um, I would recommend getting some in- extra income, whether you get a second job. Uh, there's tools out there. I think there's Fiverr. There's um, Upwork. Uh, you can get side gigs. I uh, get that extra income, pay down that debt, and then you can focus a bit more on investing. Um, there is some debt, obviously, that's not as bad. I would say if you have like, uh, you know, a debt that's 5%, it's manageable, then maybe you can obviously pay down that debt but also invest a small portion if you have the extra money to do so yeah that's a good point you can definitely refinance that loan if you come out of school and all of a sudden you're making money your credit score is decent that would be a good idea to refinance it okay i have another question for you should i borrow money to invest in the stock Uh, market particularly in the stock market yeah, I mean, personally, I'm not a big fan of that. I think uh, some some people invest on, I think generally, uh, I think people would refer to it investing on margin too, uh, but I think you can get loans. Um, the problem, especially with investing on margin, is depending on how your investment goes, um, if they do not do well, usually the... Um, the bank or the financial institution or your broker, whoever the margin is with, um, they'll have a stop loss where they will sell all of your stock to recoup the, the loan, basically, or the margin. So um, you have to really be careful with that. I personally don't, do not do it whatsoever. Um, that's my take on it. I know some other people have different views on it. Uh, what about you, Braden? Yeah, I know it's a question that I threw around a lot, especially when I was starting to invest and I just was coming out of school and I didn't have that much capital available, I figured, well, maybe I can just borrow some money and invest. And I looked at a uh, shareholder meeting with Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger during their annual shareholder meeting. And someone asked that exact question. And he said that if you are saving the right amount of money over a lifetime, you're going to have lots of money to invest in a, in a patient way and that you don't need to ever borrow money to do it. Um, so that was his takeaway and I'm pretty much aligned with that. I mean, 
if you really need more capital to invest from you know collecting income at your job look at what your expenses are if you really want more more money to invest the personal capital there's lots of ways to get more um, whether that's like you said additional jobs in university I made thousands of dollars in cash just doing tutoring to uh, science and math kids in university so that was really good cash and then I was able to come out school debt free and and invest but I think there's a lot of ways to get more capital rather than you know getting a loan or investing on margin especially in the stock market where returns are never guaranteed uh, I just would against I would advise against it strongly yeah, exactly. And uh, I know we're not all blessed with uh, uh, Braden's nerdiness, but uh, <laughs> uh, no, but for real, definitely. Um, yeah, the, doing a budget, just kind of taking count of all your expenses, where they are, um, what you need to live, what you don't really need, what's nice to have. I know one tip that I do is when I want to buy something is I'll just ask myself, like, first, do I already have something that does that? And second, do I really need it? And I would say 80-85% of the time that the answer, one of those is uh, I already have something or I don't really need it, so I don't end up buying it. So if you kind of just go, especially in the world of Amazon where everything is like one click away, uh, if you kind of have that discipline and then, yeah, you can get a side gig, uh, you know, whether you're driving Uber, whether you're tutoring or whatnot, um, that little extra income and you put it aside and you start investing. Um, the last thing about margins too is uh, what's dangerous about them is it kind of goes against the basic of the stock market. So if you ha are getting a margin, especially in the bull market and say there's a big correction, well, it will force you to sell it at a loss. So it kind of goes against everything where you want to buy low, sell high, right? So you might be forced to buy high, sell low. Yeah, we talked about this in the last episode about stop losses. And I personally do not use stop losses for that exact point you just mentioned. It's basically the exact contrary to investing 101, um, which is you know buying companies at a discount um, rather than selling them out when they're all of a sudden at a discount because of a market correction, nothing wrong with the business inherently. So yeah, these are the kinds of risks you run with borrowing or running on margin. Uh, just something to be aware of. So to summarize, if you have credit card debt, just pay down the credit card debt. That is the easiest way to get a 20 plus percent return by invest uh, by putting your money to paying that down. And then if you have high interest loans or any, any other type of, we're talking about payday loans or anything more, the rule of thumb we were talking about is 9, 10%. I would target that first before you invest in the stock market. Um, and then once you do, then you get to invest in the stock market completely stress-free, completely stress-free. Yeah. And if you have more than one high interest loan, it's pretty easy. If you cannot get it consolidated, get rid of the highest interest loan first, highest one, and then you go down and get rid of the second one. Perfect. All right, Simon, let's switch gears to the fun part of the show as we yeah. are winding down 2019, uh, we're going to come out with some bold predictions for 2020 um i'm not much of a bold prediction guy because i am so boring in the stock market i think that's what makes you a lot of money <laughs> yeah. but it is fun so we're gonna do this so simon let's kick it off with your first bold prediction for 2020 
Okay, so my first bold prediction will be is relating to the uh, marijuana um, companies that are listed on the TSX. I'm going to uh, just mention a few, but the four biggest ones, I would think. So Afria, Aurora, Canopy, and Exo. So my bold prediction is that uh, at least two of them will no longer be listed on the stock market. So that could be a variety of reasons. It could be that they just fought for bankruptcy. It could be that uh, they got they get bought out uh, by another company. Um, but given the uh, state of the uh, marijuana market and uh, how those companies have been racking up losses, I think it's actually not that much of a bold prediction to see that uh, there will be some big shakeups um, in the uh, marijuana industry. Yeah, I think you bring up a good point. I mean, they're burning tons of cash. There's all of a sudden this large amount of competition, which I I see as kind of unexpected on how this would shake out. Um, and yeah, there's lots of room for them to consolidate in this space. I think that's actually a pretty solid prediction. Um, I've talked about how they are not feasible investments at any of the valuations that have been posed since they IPO'd. And all they've done is pretty much go up until legalization and then, you know, drop like a bag of bag of rocks. So, yeah, I mean, it's a it's an interesting space to follow. I think that the, the business is legit. There's a lot of competition right now and very low profitability. So I think you make a very solid bull prediction. Yeah, and we'll definitely uh, make uh, do an episode on that topic uh, in 2020. It's on our radar. Yeah, I mean, I remember in, what would that have been? Was it October 2018 that it was legalized? Yeah. I believe that's what it was, October 2018. A few days before legalization, Aurora Cannabis was trading at 218 times sales. <laughs> it's not that, <clears> that now, I can tell you that. That is crazy. All right, I'll go with um, another Canadian story here on Bold Predictions. If you guys are familiar with the fast food, healthy fast food chain, Freshy, and if you have followed their stock since they IPO'd on February of 2017, it has been an absolute IPO disaster. Um, they IPO'd at 14.44 in February, and they currently trade for 2.23. So if you bought at IPO, you would be down 85%. Uh, that's not a good story for the IPO. And this one comes really surprising to me because they're in the right kind of hot and trendy space of uh, you know, healthy food. They have the right branding. I think their branding's strong. And they actually hit 100 restaurants at like a record pace. Um, and they're being compared to you know, all of these other big fast food chains that had hit 100 stores at a similar pace. So it was all this promising thing. They IPO and it's been an absolute disaster. Their CEO has been uh, ridiculed for making uh, very bold predictions in his management discussion and analysis. And then one quarter later, like slashing those bold predictions in half. So uh, the market's not a big fan of that for a lot of reasons. But saying all these negatives... They're growing the top line double digit. Uh, there was 2017 wasn't a good year, but revenue growth was 26%, 46%, 41%, and 31% in the years 2014 to 2018. So the top line growth is there. 
and they've actually posted a profitable last 12 months um, with not in net income, but 400 million in operating profitability. So the story could be there and things are starting to turn around um, and the stock is pretty cheap for a small cap growth company um, in a trendy space at 57 million market cap. Um, I wouldn't even be surprised if they were bought out by a company like MTY Food Group, which is a consolidator in that space of fast food chains and food court um, type of businesses. So um, my bold prediction is that they either get acquired or have a massive comeback. Um, I believe in the brand personally. I think it's really strong. And that's that's it for me. Any Any thoughts on that one, Simon? No, I mean, I'm familiar with Freshy a little bit. I think I probably have gone there once or twice. Uh, I remember looking at them just quickly, maybe a year ago, and not really looking back all that much. Uh, but yeah, it'll be interesting whether uh, yeah that happens or not. Yeah. yeah, and disclosure, I do not own the stock, thank God, and never have. But um, No, it's... Uh, yeah. <laughs> My bold yeah, prediction so is that they turn things around. Yeah. Uh, so I'll go with my next one. So I'll probably get a lot of people that hate me by uh, with this one. <laughs> uh, I think there's going to be a market correction of at least 20% uh, in 2020. Um, so that's really based on really the historic bull market we're in, whether you're looking at Canada, U.S., um, even uh, the world. I mean, not as much emerging markets, but definitely North America. Um, and I would not be, I mean, market corrections of at least 20% generally happen uh, fairly regularly. I think it's once every five years or something like that. I think normally. seven is seven yeah. is the number. I mean, it's obviously so being it, skewed as this one continues on into its 10th and 11th year. Exactly. And I would not be surprised for up to 30, 35%. I mean, it would be painful for a lot of people, but um, I see that I'm, Actually, I would get excited because it's a buying opportunity for a lot of companies that I would love that I find a bit overvalued. Um, so, and we did an episode recently on that. Uh, so that is my prediction. It's, there will be a market correction of at least 20% in 2020. That is bold. I hope you're right, um, to be honest, which is uncommon. You probably don't hear that very often, but that is uh, that is true. As someone with a long investment horizon, I hope you're right. We can get some good businesses on sale. Um, and just because I agree valuations are expensive, I think buying stocks right now is still the play over fixed income. Um, even though what you're saying could could potentially happen. Yeah, and it's uh, just be a good opportunity. That's how I see it. All right, I'll move into my next one. Apple is carrying well over $150 billion in cash on their balance sheet, um, which is quite insane to think about. And I think that it was actually more before. Um, I'm not, I haven't followed the story completely, but that much cash, they've been waiting on the sidelines for a long time to do something really big because their cash flow generating machine um, as one of the biggest companies in the world, their products are loved by people all over the world at very healthy margins. So I think they could be doing something bold. And I'm not really sure what that may be um, at this point in time. 
I think uh, they're losing the music streaming war to Spotify. And I think they're losing the video streaming war to Disney and Netflix and Amazon and whoever else decides to join that next week. So I think there's a lot of segments that they have a presence, but they're just like doing meh in. And I think that could be big for them if they go ahead and buy someone, one of their competitors. We talked offline before about potentially them going into the fintech space um, to tack on to, you know, I think the Apple wallet thing and the Apple pay has been pretty successful for them. So if they want to continue to dominate in that space, um, we talked about Square and Stripe. Those are huge, huge companies, but um, everything's in reach when you have $150 billion in cash. So I mean, something bold like that could happen. I think Stripe is like one of the most valuable businesses in the entire world right now. Anyone who does e-commerce knows that Stripe is king in terms of accepting payments online. So uh, that could be big for them. Who knows? Uh, I think it would be a very hefty price tag, but anything is possible. Who knows? Yeah. Do you think they might actually increase their dividend? (laughs) (laughs) This is your cue to what we were talking about before. I, I, I actually think that's less likely um, by, by a lot, but I mean, that would be them signaling to investors, okay, we've li- we've looked long enough with this massive cash pile and, uh, we're not seeing anything. So we're going to boost the dividend dramatically. I think they're going to continue to boost the dividend, you know, at their, at the pace that they're looking at, which is, uh, quite a healthy growth amount, but yeah, like you were talking about something like massive, like a 30, 50% increase. I mean, they could with the amount of cash that they have, but I don't Dude, see Yeah, I'm just, I'm just looking at their <laughs> cash flow statement. Um, so in 2018, they bought back 72 billion worth of stock. Oh in 2019, God. they bought back 66 billion worth of stock. So mm, yeah, <laughs> um, they've actually that. bought back almost like close to the a bit more than their free cash flow in terms of uh stock repurchases so um yeah they do have the cash to do it um whether it's increased the dividend by like 20 25 even 50 percent an increase of 50 percent would be like they would pay out less than 40 percent of their free cash flow it would still be like well within reason but uh, yeah they do have a lot of money on hand so uh, i could definitely see them uh, do that uh, this year yeah, interesting. You bring up a good point. Yeah, $72.738 billion in stock repurchased in 2018. Their stock was really cheap back then. Um, yeah. yeah. For some reason, Apple was like a huge value stock for, for a while there, and now it's done so well because of that, I think. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's it for Apple. Let's uh, lead into your third and final bold prediction for 2020. Okay, so my next one will be well-known to Canadians. If we have American listeners, probably not as much, but it's uh, SNC-Lavalin, the uh, engineering firm that's known worldwide but uh, was originated from Quebec. Uh, so they've been entangled in this big uh, political mess with the Liberals. Um, I think that's still in court right now. Uh, my prediction with them is uh, they will um, either be bought out by another company because a company will see value in its assets and uh, the contracts that they have right now or they're gonna file for bankruptcy and then be bailed out by a government 
Oh, bold. Yeah. <laughs> I I thought when the you know the whole scandal was happening and you could buy them for a bag of hockey pucks that uh, you were basically getting a free engineering firm by buying them uh, because basically the amount of their stake in the 407 highway that spans east and west in, in, uh, in Ontario was worth what you could buy them on the stock market alone. So talk about a margin of safety getting a free engineering firm. So I, I think the engineering firm is still really, really strong. It has a global presence. Um, could be an acquisition target for a true engineering firm like WSP. Um, yeah, I like that. That's that's, that's a fun one. Yeah, I and mean, I like old, you, so you I... also said SNC Lavalin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, SNC Lavalin. Yeah, that's yeah, how you say it. The correct pronunciation. <laughs> now I know. Yeah, uh, so that one will probably make uh, some people hate me, but I uh, figured I'd say something bold. I think it's more likely that they get bought out if um, they, uh, their their price kind of remains fairly low. It could be a good value play for another big uh, firm. Yeah, no, during their huge pullback, it was a serious value play. And I think it's done really well for you if you bought it back then. Let me look. I don't think so. I'm just looking at nope. it. Uh, so they fell. Oh no! Oh, I'm dating myself because back in yeah, October and November they were, they shot up sixty five percent from uh, from the end of summer to mid November. So I mean it's been it's been decent. If you I mean, timing it isn't virtually impossible, but uh, it has rebounded a little bit. But yes, way off its high of of uh, sixty bucks back in June. Yeah. And they're losing. Yeah, they are losing money now. Yeah, and the problem is they're having more. I think I read something about them having a bit more issues, like finding contracts, because governments are uh, staying a little more away from them because of the whole controversy going on. Maybe that's more short-term basis. Uh, but again, if they were to be bought out, you kind of like, you know, you drop the name, you incorporate them into your firm, you kind of leave that baggage aside a little bit, a bit of marketing. So that's why I'm, I feel like it, it, you know, it could possibly happen. It is. And that's why it's called Bold Predictions. That's why the, yeah. name, of the name of the game is Bold Predictions. All right. Um, I think let's wrap that up here. So Simon's a, a pessimist. He thinks that the market's going to implode. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, you guys can all blame me. It's <laughs> a correction. I'm sure yeah, uh, no. maybe uh, Trump will start tweeting and say it's my fault that there is a big market correction. So, yeah, and me and you were actually texting about that, um, about how he is able to swing the market massively during uh, during the day just by putting out some tweet about their relationship with China and how the trade war is going on, or even anything like his opinion on the weather. It's unbelievable how much market manipulation he has via his Twitter account right now. And you got to wonder if, you know, he has some buddies that are, are aware of what he's about to put out. And maybe that's your bold prediction as well. Yeah. <laughs> someone I don't in, get someone in his in circle politics. gets caught for insider. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, you could easily say, like, obviously, I'm not saying this is happening or anything, but uh, you could easily be like, oh, I'm going to tweet about China this afternoon. Uh, make sure, you know, you keep that in mind, so. Yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> short the S&P really quick. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, no, I bring up a good point. Like, is that legal? No, probably not. So the SEC, uh, I'm sure they've even actually looked into that. Who's to say? I mean, I'm sure that's, I mean, that's borderline insider trading. Like, I know it's not the oh, classic absolutely. definition, but uh, definitely a way of at least manipulating the market. So, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, Trump's been doing all kinds of things over his career to manipulate all kinds of different industries, so it would not be surprising in the slightest at all. <laughs> no, no, exactly. <laughs> all right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Um, as always, go to getstockmarket.com to ask any questions that you may have or list a company that you'd like to see us review. The idea is for Simon and I to look at the company, not necessarily be experts on that company, or maybe maybe we happen to be, but to get the initial thought process of the things that we're thinking about, uh, the first kind of scans we look at when we're in the screening process of deciding if a company um, meets our typical investing methodologies. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I just want to take a few seconds and uh, wish you happy holidays, uh, Braden. I think we might be recording once more before Christmas, but uh, for the listeners, um, this might be the last podcast of the year. I'm not quite sure, but uh, just happy holidays to everyone and their families. Best wishes and uh, happy new year. The Canadian investor is not to be taken as investment advice. Braden or Simon may own securities mentioned on this podcast. Always make sure to do your own research and due diligence before making investment decisions. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Canadian Investor. To get a list of the top Canadian dividend stocks right now and other valuable investing resources, go to GetStockMarket.com.